0: Amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. We may be doing a little Prince aerobics today. There's going to be a lot of up and down, all right? A lot of standing ovations, uh, a lot of excitement. Uh, Matthew 28 18 through 20. I'm going to be looking at that familiar passage again. We looked at it a few weeks ago, but I'm going to look at it one more time again this morning. Last year, I spent an extended time just praying through this season of our church, and I really felt like the word that God had given me for this season in our church was just clarity, clarity, that God would give us a moment of clarity to clarify our mission, to clarify our pathway, to clarify our membership. There's just some clarity that we needed, and God has been gracious to give us some of that clarity. Uh, But I have to be honest, when I thought about all we were going to be doing at the beginning of this year, I did come into this year with a few concerns. I mean, I've been here 13 months, and I'm coming into a church 107 years old and uh, saying that we are going to take every single person off of the membership rolls and start over. Uh, I was confident it had to be done. Biblically, it had to be done. Uh, Membership matters. I have a responsibility. Our pastors have a responsibility to watch over you. We can't do that if we don't know who the you is. Uh, Practically, it matters. We just need to figure out who's in and who's out. And then it matters missionally as we're seeking to move forward as a church to accomplish the mission of God. Uh, The reality is, is we need to know which one of you are saying, I'm in, I'm ready to go, let's do this together. I knew this was essential and it had to be done, but I was expecting uh, some conflict. I was expecting some pushback, maybe some hurt feelings, maybe even a little bit of of anger. Uh, I don't know. I didn't know what was expected. And Not because of anything you've showed me so far, but because I've seen something like this before, and I was just holding on, embracing for what might happen. I never expected what is actually happening. As we've asked people to fill out this card right here, stating that they want to partner with Prince Avenue Baptist Church, there's a little box at the bottom that says this. Having chosen by faith to trust and follow Jesus, and having been baptized as a believer... I affirm the Prince Partnership Agreements and my membership of Prince Avenue Baptist Church. You've been saved, you've been baptized, and you're ready to partner with us in the mission of God. Exactly how the New Testament teaches us it should go, saved, baptized, and a part of a church. What I didn't ever expect is that people would take it so seriously and do what 1 Corinthians 13, 5 says and begin to examine themselves to see if they actually can check that box. And it started with one of our deacons who's been here over 40 years saying, Pastor Josh, I can't can't check that box. I was saved not that long ago and know that I wasn't baptized after I was saved. And then another deacon, having heard that, said, you know what, my story is the exact same. And then we never orchestrated it. We never planned any of this. Listen to this. This week, every day, call after call after call until this morning, we had 15 baptisms scheduled. Now, I, I never imagined that was happening. And we did not orchestrate it. We did not plan it. It was simply that the Lord is is moving among us. Henry Blackaby says this. He says, our Lord does not come to us to discover what we would like to accomplish for him. He encounters us in order to reveal his activity and invite us to become involved in his work. An encounter with God requires us to adjust ourselves to the activity of God that has been revealed. In other words, God is always working. Our responsibility to see where he is working and get in on it. So this morning, I just want us to be careful not to move so quickly past this moment that we don't jump into the middle of something that God has orchestrated. I would feel differently if we would have planned this or mapped it out, but we didn't do that. God seems to be stirring something in our church and I don't want us to miss out on what it is. So here's what we're gonna do this morning. I'm gonna take a few minutes and I'm gonna talk I'm not gonna talk. I'm gonna preach, I'm not gonna talk, on baptism. What it means and why it matters and what it means to be a follower of Christ and to make that public. And then this morning, listen carefully, I'm gonna call you to respond. I'm gonna call you this morning, just know right at the beginning to respond if you have not been saved to be saved and if you have not been baptized on the right side of your salvation to be baptized. You say, what do I mean by that? What do I mean is this? That we bought about 50 pairs of dark shorts And we have boxes of dark t-shirts. And we have about six other baptisms that are waiting, people right there that are waiting that already have come over the last couple of weeks at the end of our service at the invitation. I'm going to go up there and be preparing those, but at the invitation time, I'm going to ask you to make a decision. And we're ready right now, this morning, we will stay here as long as we need to stay here in order for you to get right with God. That's how this morning's going to go. Now I'm gonna be very clear on the meaning of what I'm talking about with salvation and baptism. I want us to be clear on this one thing. I am talking to all of you this morning. I always love to have our children in the service, but I want you to know this. If you're a parent and your child at the end of the service says, mom, dad, I, I feel like this is something I need to do. We want you to let us know that and talk to us about that, but we want to be careful to take them through the right process uh, and not do that this morning. But students, teens, adults, we're asking you, make that decision this morning and make it public. And I want you to come to this moment, listen, with both joy and fear. I want you to come with joy because God's moving and there's joy in the room this morning and it's a joyful thing to see God moving. I want you to come with fear because I want you to be afraid that somehow you might harden your heart and miss out on what God is doing. And I don't want you to do that. So Matthew 28, 18 through 20 says this, listen. Listen. Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. I wanna take this text and tell you three reasons why every believer must be baptized. If you wanna write these down, I encourage you to do so. The first one is this. Baptism is a declaration of your faith in Jesus. Baptism is a declaration of your faith in Jesus. There is one command in this text and one command only. The command is make disciples. The command is not go. The command is not teach. The command is not baptized. The command is make disciples. The way we translate that here at Prince Avenue is to make a disciple, is to lead someone to trust and follow Jesus Christ. That is our mission. We don't have any other mission other than the mission of Jesus Christ. Our mission is to lead people to trust and follow Jesus Christ. What that means is this. There must be in every one of your lives, listen, a moment of decision. Following Jesus Christ is a lifelong process. It is a lifelong process that begins at a moment in which you make a decision that you are gonna choose to trust and follow Jesus Christ. And there is a moment in which you are declared righteous by a holy God because of the moment in which you place your faith and trust in him. There must be a moment in which you do that, entering you in to a lifelong process of following Jesus. Following Jesus is not just a moment, but it always begins at a moment. When Jesus walked by Matthew's office, he looked at him and said, you come and follow me. He had a moment of decision like you have this morning. And at that moment of decision, he decided to trust Jesus. And that began a lifelong process of learning what it means to follow Jesus. It always begins at a moment. It Begins at a moment in which you recognize your own sinfulness. You realize that God demands perfection and your life has not matched up to that. It comes in a moment in which you realize your life is broken, and frankly, the longer you live, the more broken it gets. When you realize that you are headed toward an eternity separated from God in a literal everlasting hell, it is also the moment in which you realize that God in his incredible grace has sent his son Jesus Christ to live the life that he demands on your behalf. He lived a perfect life, and he died a criminal's death, not for his sin, but for yours so that on the cross he might take upon himself all of our sin and as a result you might receive his righteousness. And he's come to save you from your sin, to take your broken life and to begin to put it back together. He is the only way. He is the only truth. He is the only life. And there is no way to God apart from coming through faith in Jesus Christ. And at the moment in which you realize that, You must then not simply believe that, but you must place your faith and trust in it and tell the Lord, I acknowledge my sin, that I know I'm a sinner and I know I'm making a greater mess of my life, but Lord, would you come in and save me? I'm trusting your death as the payment for my sins. I'm not trusting in my works, but in yours. I give my life to you. There must be a moment of decision." Jesus says, disciples go out and call people to a moment. And this morning I'm calling you, if you have not had a moment of decision in which you have said in one moment, this is the time in which I am trusting Jesus Christ and right now beginning to follow him, then you must have that today. And that moment is followed by baptism. He says, now as you have made disciples, what do you do with them? Well, you baptize them and then teach them how to be good disciples, but it all begins with baptism. Baptism is the way in which you declare your trust in Jesus Christ. You say, well, I have trusted Jesus Christ, and then Jesus' response to that is, well, then make it public. Make public your personal decision. That's what it means to be baptized. Your public profession of faith is not walking an aisle. Your public profession of faith is not filling out a card. Your public profession of faith is not coming and meeting a counselor or being presented before the church. Your public profession of faith is the moment you get into a baptistry before a group of people and say, I want you to know I have trusted Jesus Christ. It is your moment of making public your private personal decision to trust Jesus Christ. You trust him and then you declare that trust baptism it is a declaration of your trust in jesus the second reason is this baptism is a symbol of your submission to jesus it's a symbol of your submission to jesus baptism does not save you baptism is a symbol or a sign of what has already happened you have already trusted Christ. Therefore, you obey in baptism. You have already submitted to his lordship, meaning, Lord, I'm gonna, I'm gonna follow you. I'm gonna give my life to you. And what baptism is, is a, it's a symbol of that submission. It is the first act of obedience. Listen, it's almost like this. It's almost a test to see whether you actually believe what you say you believe. You've said, Lord, I... I'm gonna give my life to you, I'm gonna follow you. Wherever you lead, I'll go. All to Jesus, I surrender. I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back, though none go with me, I still will follow you. have come to a moment where you said, Lord, I'm gonna, I'm gonna follow you. And then Jesus says, okay, if you have submitted your life to me, the first step of submission is to obey me in believer's baptism. You say, Pastor, can you be saved without being baptized? Absolutely, because you're saved first before you're baptized. But here's my concern. Anyone that's saved and refused to be baptized, I would very seriously question their salvation. Why would someone be saved and say, well, yes, I'm I'm saved, I just don't want to do that. The very first thing that Jesus Christ has called us to do. You know, one of the illustrations that's used often is the illustration of a wedding ring. Truth is, is the moment when you get married, you exchange rings and this ring does not make you married. This ring is a symbol of that which is reality so that everyone else will know you're married. Do you have to wear a ring to be married? No, but if I refuse to wear a ring, something seems odd about that to me. If I say, Andrew, I'm happy to marry you, I just don't want anybody to know. I wanna make sure that wherever I go, people know that I'm not married. That's a problem. And so I wear this, not that... Ladies are very interested, but I wear this. <laughs> so that people know that I'm married. Here's the reality. The Lord Jesus Christ is saying to you, if you're ashamed to proclaim me before others, I'll be ashamed to tell you before the Father. That are you willing to go public with this? Are you willing to submit yourself to the simple request to be baptized? Now, I gotta be honest. The truth is, is that baptism is, is awkward and it's, it's often a little bit embarrassing and it's a moment in which you have really no control. I mean, sky threw some of those people down with some serious authority and there is, <laughs> it, is, a, it, is a, it is an embarrassing moment. Students, listen to me. There's nothing cool about at the end of the service walking up here and saying, listen, I've trusted Christ. I need to go public with baptism. Men, there's nothing manly about walking up here and saying, I'm willing to go and get on a pair of gym shorts and a dark shirt in front of everybody and get baptized. Ladies, there is nothing pretty. I'm serious, here's the thing. Some of you ladies right now, God is stirring your heart and you're worried about this. The truth is your mascara is gonna come off and your hair is gonna be a mess. Listen, I'm not kidding. The reality is is that we got dark shorts and dark shirts so that you would be willing to come and do this and it just seems to me this. That I understand that there's nothing pretty about this, but the reality is if God has called you to do it and you're stirring in your heart, you do it today. You just do it. It is a powerful picture of the fact that you are willing to submit to the lordship of Jesus Christ and make that public and listen to this in the first century when you were called to be baptized you were going out into a public place and publicly being baptized identifying yourself with Jesus Christ and the movement of Christians and if you were to do so there was a very good chance most likely you would be persecuted what we're asking you to do this morning in the 21st century is to go into a heated pool before people that are going to give you a standing ovation and make your faith public It is a symbol of your submission to Jesus Christ. Let me tell you the third reason. It is a picture of your union with Christ. It is a picture of your union with Christ. It is a visual picture of the gospel. The church has two ordinances, the Lord's Supper, which is a picture of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and baptism, which is a picture of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is both a picture of what Christ did, and it is a picture of what you have done received in your own life. So the Lord's Supper is a picture of Christ's body and his blood. When you partake of it, it is symbolizing that you have received his body and the shedding of his blood as the forgiveness of your sins. Baptism is a picture that Christ died and was buried and was in the grave and came up in his resurrection victorious. And when you're baptized, it is a picture that because of your faith in Jesus Christ, Romans chapter six, you have been united with him in his death, you have been buried with him and you have been raised to walk in newness of life. It's a picture of all that you've received in your union with Jesus Christ. And this is exactly why baptism is only by immersion. That's what the word baptism means. That's the way Jesus did it. We know that because it says when Jesus came up out of the water, and it doesn't work any other way. It has to be this picture in order for it to be a picture of your union with Christ. And I'll say this, some of my most precious and dearest friends who I have great community with and great relationship with are Presbyterians and from other denominations that might sprinkle. And that's fine, I just want you to know they got a lot of things right, but they've got this wrong. I say that humbly, but I'm just telling you every single thing in the New Testament, everything, the word, what we see happen in the New Testament, and the very picture it must describe is a picture of being baptized as a believer by immersion to demonstrate and to proclaim what Christ went through has been applied to you. It's a picture of your union with Christ. I am Lord willing at some point, I don't know when I'm gonna get to it, I was gonna start this week, gonna preach the book of Joshua. I've been meditating a lot and thinking about the book of Joshua and reading particularly the first five chapters over and over. And I noticed something this week. It's one of the things that made me decide to do what I'm doing right now. It's in Joshua 6 in which the action starts and they take down the walls of Jericho and enter the land. It's a book of incredible movement and advancement. I chose it because, listen, I believe it's the the book for us right now. We clarify who's in. We decide we're gonna advance the kingdom of God for kingdom purposes. We wanna receive and accomplish everything God has for us. But I noticed something. Chapters one through five are chapters of preparation. And before they ever get in the land, here's what happens. The Lord says to Joshua, I want you to make sure that that entire generation that was born in the wilderness that was not circumcised is circumcised because they are not prepared to go and receive everything God has for them until that has happened. And Colossians 2 makes it very clear the connection between circumcision and baptism, both are symbols of our union with Jesus Christ. It symbolizes that we are the people of Jesus. And what I realized is this, God is moving, God is advancing, things are happening. The question is this, are you prepared and ready to move with him? That's what this moment is about. There there is no question God is moving. There is no question God is advancing. The question is this, have you come to a moment of decision in which you have given your life to Jesus Christ and have you been baptized on the other side of that moment as a believer, God is preparing us in this moment to receive everything he has for us and you don't want to miss out on any of it. This morning, I'm asking you to do one of two things. This is our invitation One of two things, if you have not come to that moment of decision, do it today. Make your decision, I'm gonna trust Christ, I've been playing games, I'm gonna give my life, I'm gonna begin right now. It doesn't matter if you prayed a prayer when you were young, did you trust Jesus and begin to follow him? You need to have a moment of decision, I'm gonna follow him today. And if you make that decision, we're gonna baptize you today. Some of you said, I've made that decision, but I got baptized, someone came to me before the service, baptized in kindergarten, saved later, and was never baptized. So this is the morning, this is it right now. And in just a moment when we pray, our ushers, I mean, our our counselors are gonna come. They're gonna stand here, men and women facing you. And I'm gonna ask that when we give the invitation, when we stand, you immediately come, you grab one of these and they will take you back and get you prepared. We're gonna sing some songs. We're gonna have some time of worship. We're just gonna stay here and watch God move. That's what's gonna happen. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes this morning. I wanna ask that no one be moving around if it is your normal habit to step out during the invitation time, I'm gonna ask that you stay right there in this moment. This is a significant moment in what God is doing. Listen to this for just a moment. If your head's bowed and your eyes closed, if you feel the working of the Holy Spirit in your life, meaning you feel a desire, a conviction that you have not had a moment of decision, that is not your flesh, that is not the enemy. There is no way the enemy would stir up in you a desire to be saved. That's the Holy Spirit of God. If you feel like you're coming to that moment in which you need to make a decision, yes, this is it. I'm going to choose right now to follow Jesus and to trust him. I want you to take this moment and just call upon him. Those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Say, Lord, I acknowledge my sin. I acknowledge my inability to save myself. Right now, I'm trusting you to be my Savior. I receive your gift of eternal life. And I choose right now to begin a life of following Jesus Christ. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if that is your heart's desire and you sense a need to start right now to make that declaration, I wanna ask that you just raise your hand. Just raise your hand this morning. Just raise your hand. Keep them up. Keep them up. Many hands, keep them up. Amen. And put them down. I know there are many others of you because you've talked to me this week, whom you may have previously made that moment of decision, but you have not been baptized. This is it. There's no reason not to do this. Get in on what the Lord is doing. If that's you and you sense a need to do that, I just want to ask you to raise your hand. Raise your hand this morning. Raise your hand. Amen. Here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna pray in just a moment. We're gonna stand. We're gonna sing a song of worship. I'm gonna ask as soon as we stand that our counselors would come right here with their back facing me, facing out to the audience, and just be ready. Listen, if you raised your hand or if you didn't raise your hand but you sense a need to come, just come grab one of them. They will immediately take you and begin to talk to you about this decision as we have some time of worship. Let me beg you, do not get in the way of what God is doing. Do not Harden your heart. Just be responsive and obedient. Immediately when we stand up, you step out. Don't wait, don't debate, don't hesitate. Immediately when we stand up, you step out. Father, we ask you to be with us in these moments. That this might be a holy moment in which you are moving. We declare the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We declare we can only be saved by him. We believe that it is his name above all names that we worship and glorify. Come and have your way in this moment. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.